Hello and welcome to the podcast for Another Chance for Youth. We are the global connecting place for all things in relation to youth all across the globe. As Franklin Roosevelt says, we cannot always build a future for our youth, but we can build our youth for the future. Get connected. Hi, this is Alexis with another Chance for Youth. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'm going to go ahead and hand over the show to our host tonight, Doug. Doug? Hello, Alexis. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. Are you ready to have another uh, discussion this evening? And tonight, or today, I should say, what I thought we'd be talking about is mental toughness. Now, when you hear the word mental toughness, what do you think of? I think of somebody who is able to think a couple of steps ahead. Okay, thinking a couple of steps ahead. Uh, I would even say that maybe powering through uh, some negativity, uh, we, we may be able to talk about that. Uh, making sure that when things are going bad, that you're able to still be in control and move forward. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, having that mental toughness. And I think that's really important, especially uh, for the youth today, is to have a mental toughness because there's so much negativity that's going on in the world, a bunch of naysayers, et cetera. And being able to take that criticism and still move forward, I think, is really important in something that uh, uh, our youth today, I, w- I wouldn't even limit it to our youth, but I think our adults today as well needs to have and have that mental toughness, being able to uh, power through even when things are not necessarily going our way. And what really has brought this up is I have uh, stumbled upon a book talking about Uh, Mental Toughness, but it's titled With Winning in Mind by Lanny uh, Basham. And it was really a a fascinating book. And how the book really starts out, it's talking about Lanny. Now, he was, in the 1960s, the number one sharpshooter in the world. He was ranked number one in the world. And in the 1960s Olympics, he was expected to win the gold medal. Now, that'd be pretty awesome. Wouldn't it be expected to win a gold medal? I'd be happy with the silver medal or the bronze. But imagine being ranked number one in the world. You're going to receive or you should receive um, the gold medal. So he's over at the Olympics. He gets on the bus. They're moving him from his hotel over to where they're going to be having the event for the evening. And right behind him sits two other individuals. And they just happened to be from Russia at that particular time. And they were ranked second uh, in the world. And during the conversation from the hotel over to the sporting event, they started talking to, to Lanny. And they asked him how much pressure he was under. And what did it feel to actually have the responsibility and the expectation of bringing home a gold medal? What was going to happen if he didn't? And basically, they're on this 30-minute ride from point A to point B. And Lanny talks about in his book where 
during that whole time, it started to kind of work on him a little bit. And so when they went to the event and they started shooting for the Olympics, instead of winning the gold medal, Lanny walked away with the silver medal. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had a chance to have a silver medal, I'd be very happy with that. But imagine what it would be like if you were expected to win and you lost. And we see this a lot in sports, right? In today's sports or in other events where the team that is expected to win doesn't for one reason or another. Well, what's really interesting about Lanny's uh, situation is when he got back home to the back home to the United States, he actually for a time, and he talks about this in his book, where he actually thought about committing suicide because of the disappointment and the weight of the world seemed to be on his shoulder in that process. And I, I have a feeling that some some people can relate to that, where they feel disappointed and there's no hope. And Lamy was at that particular point in his life after expecting to win the gold medal, ends up getting silver, second place, comes home and thinks about committing suicide. Now, what is uh, interesting about this, and thank goodness Lanny didn't do that, but he started thinking about what top performers, and it just so happened to be in athletics as he was in, in the shooting, what does top athletes in the world What makes them special? What makes them the number one in their sport, whether it's golf or baseball, basketball, football, you name it? What do you think is number one in his research when he went around the world interviewing all these famous athletes and, and professionals? What do you think all of them pretty much had in common came to doing what they were supposed to do? Do you have any ideas, Alexis? I think determination is probably one of them, resilient, and probably being mentally tough because when you are number one in the world and people Mm -hmm. expect things out of you, you kind of have to, I hate to put it this way, but you kind of have to be mentally fit and when I say that I don't I'm not talking about mental health I just mean you have to be strong of mind to withstand any negativity because when you're the best at something or when you think you are the best at something there's always the possibility that there's somebody out there who's better than you and you kind of have to be okay with that because as a youth, it's a very small pool that you're playing in right now, right? right. But when you yep. step out yep. into the world, the world is a much bigger pond with much bigger fish. Absolutely. And, you know, you really hit on a couple of things that, you know, he, he found in his research, uh, Lanny did. But the number one thing that all athletes – Uh, had pretty much in common across the board is every single one of them saw themselves winning, being a champion. And I thought that was interesting. So here you are, a famous basketball, football, baseball player, and they visually see themselves winning, okay? They actually picture themselves. And it may be hitting the the, uh, game-winning shot or hitting that home run 
or kicking um, the ball into to the goal for soccer. But what he found is every single one of them at that level, being at the top of their game, actually saw themselves just visually could see themselves doing whatever it is that they needed to do to be a winner. And I thought that was interesting. You know, and, and my question today is to the group is, do you see yourself being a winner? Do you visually see yourself, whether it's uh, getting an A on a test or writing the paper or taking that uh, game-winning shot, do you see yourself as a winner? And I'm going to argue that most of us don't. Most people don't see themselves as a winner for whatever reason. Alexis, would you agree with that, or do you have any thoughts about that? Well, here's the thing. I Uh think in order to think of yourself as a winner, you have to be confident in yourself. And confidence is one of those things that you can easily get, but you can also easily lose. For example, case in point, when you're youth, you can be the best sports player, or you can be the best singer at your school, or you can be the best at anything you choose to do yourself, because in the youth world, it's a very small pond. But with those blessings, you basically can step on those blessings to get a scholarship to any college that you choose to attend. So here you are, the store, let's just say a football player, the star quarterback at your high school. You're so used to all the attention. You're used to being number one, right? You're the star quarterback. Everybody loves you. You get a full-ride scholarship to a university, and as a freshman, you're coming into with other football players that are competing for your spot and an upperclassman who's already been playing for years who's light years ahead of you. So back when you're in high school, you're very confident, but when you're at this university, you get a very rude awakening. You're not the only one out there who can play football. Absolutely, and I think that's where a lot of people have trouble or uh, have problems with because exactly what you said, and I think you're spot on, is that when I'm in high school, like you said, I'm from a very small pond, and I can be very good, but when I get to that next level, say college, the pond gets a little bigger, doesn't it? And the fish get a little bigger in that process. And then when you take it to even the next level, professional level, the pond is even much bigger and the fish are even bigger in that process. But being able to have that confidence but not arrogance, I think, is something that a lot of people have to work with and, and can struggle with. But also seeing themselves as that winner, making sure that they have that winning attitude in the process. You know, a great example in the book uh, talks about a, a, an individual who was in the Vietnam War, and prior to being uh, in, uh, in the war, he played golf. Matter of fact, loved to play golf. Loved to play golf so much that he played it almost every single day. And he had a decent handicap. But he was a pilot, and he got shot down over in Vietnam. And for three years, the guy was locked up into a, in a cage. And they, in the book, it talks about how he was in this cage. He couldn't stretch his legs out the, the, whole, um, the whole length of the cage, so he was kind of curled up. And every so often they would let him get out for a few hours 
uh, every month or, or two, walk around, but he was in this cage for the uh, majority of the three years. Now, first of all, very few of us could do that, right? I, I don't think I could, and I'm just being honest here. So he had that mental toughness to survive. But when they asked him after he got released as a prisoner of war, how did he survive? And he said every single day he played one round of golf. And they said, well, how can you do a round of golf if you were locked up in this cage? He said, I played it every single day in my mind. He said every morning I would get up and I would play the most beautiful golf courses in the world. And he said every day was a different golf course. And he said, I played the best golf I ever played in my mind. Every stroke, every hit, every putt was perfect. Never sliced it to the right or to the left or never hooked it, but always had the perfect game. And they said after he got released, three years, now remind you, he couldn't, he couldn't walk, he couldn't stretch out, was in this cage for three years. He got, his, he got released. First thing he wanted to do was play golf, and they said that he um, shaved three strokes off of his game, and he was a very decent player prior to going in being a prisoner of war, hadn't played, couldn't stand up straight for three years, but as soon as he got on the golf course, he was able to shave three strokes off of his game just because he had that winning attitude and he could see himself being the individual or the player that he wanted to be, and he didn't allow him being caught up um, in a, uh, a prisoner of war camp, stopping him from being good at what he did, and that was playing golf. And I thought, wow, how amazing. How many of us would have, would have been able to, A, survive, but B, been able to be that mentally tough that we could play 18 holes of golf every day in our mind and playing the best games of our lives. Some of us can't even do it with simpler tasks of being, I mean, we're in the middle of a COVID right now. Can you imagine being just locked up in your house for 30 days and and being quarantined and can't leave? What we could do if we just put our mind to it. Leslie, do you think you could have survived? three years in, in a cage? I know I couldn't have. I'm just going to say nope, because one yeah. of my things that I know about myself is I'm, I panic very, very easily, only because mm-hmm. I am a control freak myself, and I don't like it when I am not in control. So when I am in situations where I'm not in control, the first thing I do is panic. I have gotten better where I'm able to squash down that panic and get what I need done, done. But no, I don't think I would have survived three years in a tiny little cage. Nope. Mm -mm. You know, I I, got to be honest with you. I don't think I I would have been able to as well. Um, I don't even know if I could stand 30 days by myself, not because I'd be afraid or anything, but even like being in my house for 30 days just by myself, having the TV and, and phones and the computers and food and everything, 
I think I'd go a little stir crazy if I was just in my own house with all the luxuries that I have. I can't imagine doing it without those luxuries and still surviving. And like I said, was able to go right to the golf course and shave off three three strokes um, after being through what he he was through. So I, I think that really talks to uh, that, that's out there uh, today. And I think that's something that. Um, not only should be applauded, but, but it shows that we can do that um, and we can survive things that we don't necessarily think that we're going to be able to. And I think that's something, a message that youth today should be able to listen and hear that, yes, yeah, sometimes we get dealt some very terrible hands that's um, provided to us, but just know that you're going to be able to survive it, that you can get through some very difficult times and different and difficult situations You've got to have that mental toughness and that survivor instinct in you in order to do that. And with that, we will be back after our first break. Hi, it's Alexis with some Youth Buzz News. Congratulations! Students from the Youth Success Center lined up in their cars at Georgia Northwestern Technical College Walker County Campus on Tuesday to receive their GED diplomas in a drive-in graduation. Students got up and out of their cars and walked up to the tent set up in front of the student center where after receiving their award and turning their tassels, they turned to celebrate in front of the friends and family while social distancing throughout the parking lot. Congratulations once again, and we wish you much success in the future. Back to you, Doug. All right. Thank you, Alexis. So um, during that break, you know, I was just thinking about some of the mental toughness toughness that we have and some of the situations that we've been in. And I, I, I just want to ask you, Alexis, has there been some times where you've had to be mentally tough in order to succeed in life? Actually, um, I'm Asian, and I grow I grew up in a family that had a lot of expectations, and I'm still the black mm. sheep of my family. And the truth of the matter is, as much as I love the woman who raised me, my aunt, she's not exactly the most encouraging person. Because no matter what I choose to do, she always had something negative to say. Case in point, when I decided to go back to school and major in nursing, knowing the way my family is, I did not tell anybody that I had chose to return to school. I did not Mm, say uh a word. I didn't talk about the application. I basically had to take a prereq class. And when I told my aunt about one of my prereq classes, because it was going to change from morning until evening, and I knew I was going to be home later, I just didn't want any problems about her making a comment about me being out later. The first thing out of her mouth was, I don't understand why you're going back to school because you already went down this route. You didn't graduate. And if I remember correctly, you're not exactly one of the best students. And 
your sister is more studious than you. So if I were you, I would just quit while you're ahead before you end up owing so much money because I sure is not going to pay for it. So when she said wow. that, I remember my response to her was, well, first of all, I don't need your permission. I didn't ask for you to pay for it. And the only reason mm-hmm. why I told you was because my schooling schedule changed, and I don't want to hear your mouth about me being home later. And that was the end of that wow. conversation, and I walked out on her. And the funny thing was that I didn't even tell my sister that I was thinking about the nursing program. I didn't say anything. My sister found out about it after the fact. So the day that I got accepted into nursing school, my sister mm-hmm. was there to talk with me, but I didn't tell anybody in my family. They didn't even know until three months after I already got into the nursing program and I was moving out because they were curious as to why all of a sudden I was going to move out with my sister, et cetera, et cetera. And I just said the noise level at home was unacceptable for me to study. They're like, oh, you're still doing that? Did you even bother to get in such and such? And I was like, yeah, I've been accepted. I was accepted three months ago. Wow. And that's just me being mentally tough against my family. Because as much as I love my family, they are always going to be the kind of people to have something negative to say. I don't think they Mm -hmm. have it with the intention to shake your confidence or anything like that. That's just in their nature. So growing up in my family, me and my sister had to grow up to be very mentally strong because the people who are supposed to be there with encouraging words are not there. Interesting. What a what a really powerful story that you have there, and, and thank you for sharing that with us. Let me just ask you uh, another question. Do you think it has anything to do with uh, a person's sex, meaning male versus female? Do you think women today have to be more mentally tough or tougher than men? Uh, I'd just be interested since, um, obviously, uh, being a female, uh, your thoughts in 2020 what the role of a woman in, you know, does she have to be mentally tough in order to survive? I'd be curious your thoughts. Oh, absolutely. Because if you really think about it, in today's society, there are still a lot of people who believe the woman's place is at home. And that it is believed that the man should be the provider. The man should be everything. But here's the thing about me, myself, and Mm -hmm. the ladies and family. We were raised to be independent, not to depend on anybody else. So there are a lot of career choices out there that are predominantly male. And if a female Mm -hmm. dares to walk down that career choice, she absolutely has to be tough and prove that she's just as good, if not better than any male counterpart. Because if a woman dares walk into that career choice, a lot of people are going to say, oh, she only got where she is because she was on her back. Right. Never 
Never mind that she went to a good college. Never mind that she worked her butt off. Never mind that she's just as intelligent as any man out there. So a lot of people just tend to have that mindset. Like, for example, Mm -hmm. somebody once said to me, point in case, they're like, you have so many talents. Why did you choose to major in a healthcare field? Because, you know, most healthcare people never survive that first, second, or third year taking care of people because it's very emotionally draining, it's very tiring work, and there are so many other easier ways to make money. And you're a pretty enough girl. It's not too late for you to just marry someone who could provide for you. Someone actually said that. To my face. Wow. And my response to that person was, fortunately <laughs> for me, I did not curse them out. So all I said <laughs> to that person was, thank you for your opinion. This is my career choice. I chose to go into healthcare because unlike you, I don't view the people who need my help the most as a cash cow. I actually care about my patients. I care about making a difference, and it's my passion. You know nothing about my life, and you know nothing about what drives me to work in healthcare. So if I were you, I would just be appreciative that someone like me has the passion to take care of someone who is in the older generation because sooner or later you're going to be there yourself. Yeah, no, I think you I think you're spot on and and you're right. I think unfortunately here we are in 2020 and I think a lot of people still have that uh small-mindedness um that's out there. Um thinking that just like you said the woman's place is still in the home or the man has to be out there um making the the bread, making the money, uh supporting the family. That is so untrue in today's environment. And I'll tell you in a lot of cases it takes both the mom and the dad working full time in order to be able to su- supply their family with with a good living in today's environment. And I think that's sad that uh, it's kind of forced it upon us. But that's where we are in twenty twenty. There's a quote from a movie, "My Big Fat mm-hmm. Greek Wedding." Have you heard of that movie? Uh, My Big Fat oh, yes. Greek Wedding. There was a scene where the daughter wanted to go back to college, but her dad said no, and she had a conversation with her mother, and her mother said, don't worry, you're going to go back to school, and the daughter goes, no, I'm not, because dad said no, he's the man of the household, blah, 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 and her mother looked at her and said, your dad, the man may be the head of the household, but the woman is the neck. And she can turn the head any way she wants. And in any relationship that I am in, while I respect my counterpart, my significant Uh other, my boyfriend, and yes, I tend to date very men who are very male, if that makes sense. But at the end of the day, who wears the pants is always going to be me because it's not because I'm it. a control freak. It's not because uh-huh. of anything else. Ladies out there, you hold all the cards when it comes to the counterpart because you're the one that controls all things, and we can make their lives just 
as easily go smooth as it can be wrong. So men, in general, tend to need women because we are very good organizers. We are very good at multitasking, such like that. Not to say out there there's not a guy who's good at that, but women in general tend to be more strong than men. So behind every strong man, there is always going to be a stronger woman. Couldn't say it any better. Excellent. Excellent. No, I, I think you're exactly uh, spot on. And, you know, I love the analogy that you said uh, from using the, the movie, My uh, Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yes, I, I, you know, a lot of times a lot of people still look at the man as being the, the head of the household. Uh, but like you said, the, the woman is really the one uh, controlling the head because she is the neck. And I think that's that's awesome. It's a spot on analogy of of how relationships uh, work uh, in terms of that. So excellent. But um, yeah, you know, when it comes back and just kind of circling back here, I know we're getting close to the end of our, uh, our podcast today, but you know, having mental toughness, I think is really important. And just know you, in order to have that mental toughness, first of all, you have to see yourself doing X and it doesn't have to be sports. We're talking about sports tonight, but it could be uh, doing your homework. It can be, uh, doing chores. It could be during that first job interview that you have that you might be a little nervous at. You're just seeing yourself there. You visualize you already having the job or you already have that good grade. And I think by having that positive uh, outlook or that mental toughness, it also brings confidence in. We talked a little bit about confidence um, already this evening, but I think we have to be careful when we talk about confidence, making sure we have confidence but not arrogance, I think that's really um, um, something that uh, is important. And then also trying to block out all the negative talk that goes on. And I think kids today really have a hard time doing that because they get all kinds of negative uh, comments, whether it could be from home, it could be from other kids. And I think sometimes other kids are meaner than uh, what sometimes kids can hear at home or from, from adults. But uh, being able to block that out and still go forward and achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve, whether it's being in sports or jobs or your career, et cetera, but just having that mental toughness is so important in today's environment. And I just can't stress enough making sure that you visualize who you are and what you're doing can be so important to your success. And just know that if you can dream it, you can do it. And with that, we will be back after our final break. Ah, man. Every time I think about the children in the world today, I begin to smile because I know we all have said it. We were all children once, and we all want to be grown. And when you become grown, you want to become a kid again. Man, I'm telling you. Our kids have the best opportunity in life as long as we do what we're supposed to do. This is Tawanda with another chance for youth. I want to share with everyone that listens that we are super excited about another chance for youth, what we're doing, and so much that the future holds. If you 
have no idea who we are, please purchase our book. We'll be available everywhere you can purchase books and on our website called Why Another Chance for Youth. Also, we have several campaigns that we're working on, and one is on bullying. You could also get our workbook on bullying from our website as well. We are so super excited about everything that's going on in the world and for the children. Please connect with us, support the movement, join the campaign, and remember what we do today can help the youth tomorrow. Back to you, Doug. All right. Thank you, Alexa. Yeah, and and so just really – you know, when it comes, <clears throat> we've been talking a lot about uh, several different things uh, here this evening, talking about mental toughness and just really having that vision, making sure that you can block out the negativity that's out there, uh, that's out there. What else do you think uh, kids need to uh, keep in mind? I think that most of all, they need to believe in themselves because yep. – Think about it this way. If you don't believe in yourself, how are you to succeed? Like, take the take me deciding to go back to nursing school. Of course, I was afraid. I knew what my family sure. was going to say. I knew I was going to be in it for the long haul. And what made it worse, I decided, I decided to go the, the accelerated route. So instead of 13 uh. weeks of my semesters were only five weeks. And as a nursing oh, student, wow. you could only have A's and B's. You're not allowed to have anything below an 80 because anything below an 80 at my particular school is flunking. Sure, yeah. So imagine how much you had to believe in yourself. And we needed our teachers so badly. Let me tell you something. The first 15 weeks, we had it pretty easy because we had this amazing teacher. We had her for anatomy and physiology, one, two, and microbiology, right? Guess what uh-huh. happened after microbiology? We had nursing fundamentals, 101. And let me tell you how badly our confidence was shaken because oh, that first day, of that class, we went through seven chapters, seven chapters, chapters one through seven. I could not understand a single word out of my professor's mouth. I don't, you couldn't even ask me which page she was on. And if you ask me how, how she got from chapter one to chapter five, I couldn't even begin to tell you. Okay, do you know what the dean's nurse, uh, the dean's office looked like after that class? She had ten of us in there oh. reading in the paper bag because oh, uh, we uh, were uh, freaking out that we were going to flunk. And having confidence in yourself, like I said, easy to have confidence, but it's just as easily to lose it. And the only 
way we survived that class to go on was believing in yourself, knowing that you can do it. Because if you don't believe in yourself, even if somebody gave you all the tools and you don't have that mental toughness, you don't have that desire, you don't have that drive to push yourself forward, even if somebody handed you a cheat sheet, you're not going to get anywhere. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with you is, you know, um, you have to be able to push on. And, you know, I think you have a great example there. You went from a very good situation to a very bad situation. And, you know, to some degree, uh, you you probably wasn't ready for that. You know, you thought, oh, this is how it's going to be. And this is everything's going to be roses and things are going to be great. And then what happens? Life throws you a curve hands you something that you wasn't expecting and everybody can be successful when things are for easy for lack of a better word but how many of us would have just quit or how many would just quit because they had a little bit of a, a different professor or they had things that wasn't quite as easy and so making sure that you can block that out in that mental toughness I think is so important for well not only for youth but for anybody um, and in today's environment, making sure that you can push through very, through some very difficult difficult times. And I think what made that class, what woke, gave us all a rude awakening, was believe it or not, you're gonna laugh at me for this. That was also Uh-oh. a clinical. Class. That was also a clinical class. So the semester really? was five weeks. The first three weeks were in seat and labs. The last two weeks were clinical. Okay? So imagine having to survive three weeks of intense education to the point where I actually literally said, I wish there was such a thing as a caffeine IV. It would just be so much easier for them to stick it in my arm, tape it in place like a normal saline IV. I would be perfectly fine. I'll be happy to walk around this place tooting my IV thingy behind me full of coffee because that's what we needed. There was so much studying going on to the point where you had to walk on eggshells around us because the slightest noise, the slightest disturbance, you're going to have 25 very angry nursing students glaring at you. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And they're not going to be happy, are they? No. And the worst thing about that class was they'll give you a question and four answers all four answers are correct for the situation. But you have to pick which answer is the most correct. Do you know how much mental toughness and critical oh. thinking skills you had to have to survive that situation? Imagine them asking you a question. Then they say, oh, by the way, here are four answers. But all four answers are correct. But you get to have fun and use your critical thinking skills and tell me, which one is the most correct? And before you pick, you're going to have to be able to explain your reasons. Yeah. All four are good answers, but there's one that's just a little bit better under these circumstances that you should be able to, to be able to do. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Having mental toughness for that uh, is not only necessary, but uh, – 
you don't have it, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to achieve your goal in terms of that. And I can't imagine, I'm glad I didn't go to nursing school. Let me just say that. <laughs> I actually switched my major over to health sciences because I failed pharmacology. So I then discovered maybe it will be easier for me not to take the accelerated route. And I should, I can always switch back to nursing when I pull my GPA mm-hmm. um, out of the toilet, right? But ironies of all right. ironies, I am now a junior, still in a health science major. I am not switching back to nursing because that means I would have to start all over again. But I Ooh. just recently found out in order to achieve my career goals, I have to go back to nursing school. Oh, that is not good. I need that nursing degree. So everybody was like, oh. well, since you're already in school, you can always go back to nursing. I was like, no, absolutely not. I am not starting all over. I am not torturing myself. <laughs> They're like, why? I was like, because I am so much smarter and wiser now. I am a junior. Why would I sacrifice all that hard work and start over you as a backwards. freshman? I am going to finish my health care degree, get a job, and then go back to nursing school where I'm only responsible for the nursing core classes. <laughs> and then, oh, by that's then funny. hopefully I won't cry as bad because there were many, many <laughs> a nights during when, before I switched my major that I cried. Trust me. I cried and I cried and I cried, and there's a joke where they said nursing school are self-masochists because we know how painful nursing school is. We know how painful the process is, and we know how painful that it is to come back into this building, and yet we keep on coming back for more. (laughs) You love the torture, right? So my final encouragement to the youth is mm-hmm. get mentally tough while you're still in a very nurturing place when your parents are there yep. to help you, to encourage you, when you still have teachers who are there to encourage you because college is an amazing thing, is an amazing opportunity, but you're going to learn My God, that pond is a big, big pond to swim in. So the better confident you are, the better it is for you. The more you believe in yourself, it's better for you. The more drive, the more determination you have is to propel you forward and to be mentally tough when despite what anybody says to you, one day you're going to be walking across that stage with that degree in your hand and you actually can say you did it. So, Doug, with the last couple of minutes in our podcast, do you have any final thoughts? No, I I think you summed it up very, very well. Uh, In order to be successful in today's environment, spot on, you have to have that mental toughness. And if you can learn it now, uh, like you said, Alexis, with uh, loving parents or in a more safe environment, I think it's going to take you a lot farther in life. That doesn't mean that you can't learn it when you get a little older. Uh, by no means. It just becomes a little bit harder. It's kind of like when you, you know, college. If you're going to go to college, I strongly encourage students to start as soon as they get out of high school and go right in and finish because as you get older and you get family and work, et cetera, it becomes tougher and tougher. doesn't mean you can't do it. doesn't mean it's impossible. It just means the challenges are a little bit more. So, 
try to stay focused, and um, I think you'll you'll be just fine in the process. And as I say on every episode, uh, remember, no matter where you go or what you do, all roads lead home. And if that home could be nothing more than right here for another chance for you. So till we meet again, hope everybody stays safe. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We really hope that you enjoy the time with us and our great topic. If you have a great topic or something you really want to hear about, please contact us on our website at ac4y.org. Once again, that is ac4y.org. Until the next time, remember, in youth we learn, in age we understand.